Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is episode 390. And uh, the reason that you're listening to Drew do the intro is because Kyle's on yet another of his vacations around the world. And instead of doing a solo cost, uh, a podcast, I have replaced him with a, a much better model. I have with me Eric from Cowabunga Comics. Welcome, Eric, and thank you for filling in. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I don't know if I'm a better model, but uh, I'm a different model. Yeah, we'll take it. We will take it. We'll let the listeners chime in and uh, let us know uh, how we did replacing Kyle, and we wish him the best in his whirlwind tour of wherever he's at. We certainly can't replace the beard. (laughs) No, it's impossible. (laughs) Um, We got some feedback from our listeners. Speaking of which, uh, we want to recognize some of those folks that took the time out of their day to to wish us well and ask a few questions. Uh, Mike Myers... He, he wanted to congratulate us on 50, re, our, reaching our 50th review, and uh, he's a little jealous because he also podcasts over at uh, Geek Brunch and uh, Mike Myers Brunch and Mike M's Weekly Reads and Gotham by Geeks, and uh, I think he does a Valiant, Valiant podcast, and I, boy, I wish, I, I should have written them all down. He, he podcasts a lot. And uh, he said they're wor- that they're working on their hundredth for uh, DC Noise. That's that's the other one that he does. Um, and they, they've been waiting for a while. And uh, Geek Brunch is waiting uh, is trying to get out of the thirties. So he he feels our pain there. So um, go check out the whole network over at uh, the Geek Brunch podcast networks. Check out Mike's stuff. He does some good stuff. My favorite, my personal favorite, is Mike M's weekly read which is uh, kind of his weekly diary of all the books he's read, all the collections he may have picked up, some of the back issues that he picked up to fill in runs. And uh, as he he's working on trying to uh, complete every DC comic since 1976, and he's getting pretty close. Uh, so he's been filling those in, and then he, he kind of gets off on tangents and goes on Daredevil runs and X-Men runs. But uh, he's a really good guy, really good comic reader. Um, someone that the industry uh, and retailers, his local comic shop probably loves him because uh, he buys a lot of comics, buys a ton of comics, and he's out, lives out there in Colorado. So, um, so check out Mike Myers and all his family of podcasts as well out there, and um, we appreciate you reaching out to us and letting us know that uh, you heard we hit fifty and you're you're happy for us. We like that. Not everybody is happy with us, Eric. Um. We, Kyle and I are amateur uh, industry crit- critics, so <laughs> we sometimes uh, say things that, you know, we, we, we have our reactions. So when we see the, the monthly numbers come out, the sales numbers, we comment. Um, and we saw that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur had fallen down to about 7,000 uh, floppy comics a month. And, well, to me, that's way, to, that's way below the Mendoza line. You yeah, know, that's dangerous, and that's cancellation is right around the corner. And I, I said something like that. Well, our our good listener Wolf, um, who is a super fan of Moon Girl and and Devil Dinosaur, uh, I think he I think he ratted me out to the creator <laughs> of Moon Girl and threw me under the bus. You offended the honor. I did, and uh, and so. Uh, Brian, Brandon Mont- Montclair or Brian Montclair. I think it's Brandon. Sorry if I messed your name up, sir. Um, 
he's the creator of Moon Girl and uh, took me to school a little bit, educated me on the many revenue streams of a comic. And that while, while floppies in the old world, <laughs> you know, the old, the old industry used to be critically important for some titles like his, they are less important and that the digital ancillary rights sales, uh, tr uh, trade sales, bookstore, Amazon, uh, scholastic book fair sales, con sales, that those all add up to a lot more than, than the, the floppy sales and that I, uh, I shouldn't act like I know what I'm talking about if I don't. So it started pretty contentious. <laughs> and it's out there on our it's out there on our Twitter feed if you want to check out Comic Fun Profit Comics Fun Profit uh Twitter feed you can kind of see that conversation back and forth between the two of us. Um but it, we we ended as friends and parted as friends. So yeah, I think it was I was I was following along kind of as it was going on and I think you asked a lot of really valid questions and um you know, a lot of questions that I was wondering too. The one I guess the two things for me that jumped out were the first first and foremost you know if you're only selling 7700 copies uh per month of a big two book i i guess for me personally i just wonder whether it's fiscally responsible to do single issues or if you're better off doing them as an ogn or or something like that and the reason i think of that is because i look to dc and they have their dc superhero girls books which come out yeah. quarterly or whatever and they're about the same size as a normal trade and and i i get it i understand that um you know the more revenue streams you have the better but from a business standpoint we kind of know that that Mendoza line on the big two is usually around 20,000, anything less than that. And, and the radar perks up. And if it gets below 15, then you're really flirting with danger. And, and part of that's due to profits and part of that's due to printing schedules and all those different things. So it just made me wonder if the book is selling so good in things like scholastic book fairs in, in trade volume, which is to me, that's what I picked up out of from, from what he was saying was a lot of his sales were in the compiled trade side of things. And that's where yeah. he was getting a lot of yeah. revenue sharing. So if it's selling so well there, why do the single issues? Is it a momentum thing? Because it, it's certainly 7,700 readers worth of momentum, uh, which we could put an asterisk on that and question how much of that is, purely you know is there 7700 people buying the book most likely not because moon girl does have variants from time to time which will cause numbers to shift but um you know that was the biggest question for me is what's the why why do it it makes more sense in my mind as a business person to reduce overhead cost and to just compile it into one trade you know every three to four months or six months whatever it's going to be and do that so that was one thing that stuck out uh and the other one true because you know, we see Step on Sage aborted uh, Bloodstone or whatever his his creator owned is to to trade. You see, you see people doing that all the time. Yep. But they they can't sustain the single issues. It's not profitable for them. Now Marvel's foot in the bill, so it can be profitable. It doesn't have to be as profitable if they are wreaking the benefits on the on the back end. And it, you know. It is Brandon Montclair. Sorry, I just wanted to double check and clarify who that was. Um, and and he, you know, he he says, well, my royalty statements, you know, show that I'm doing all right, and that's fine, and that's right. great. Yeah. Um, but 
it it seven if there if seventy seven that means uh, the the comic shops that have diamond accounts each one of them are getting two copies of your book uh, or three <laughs> so on average so that's that's not a lot that's and and I don't understand how you can how you can not have single issue sales but then be a super success in any other medium I think you you kind of have to have some floppy sales to have a foundation of success in the other mediums because they're linked. But he's saying his title, uh, titles like, uh, I guess, a Lumberjanes, a He had Ms. mentioned Marvel, Squirrel Girl, didn't he? Squirrel Girl. Yeah. That, that they do well in these other avenues so well that single issues are not even, not even necessary. And... Uh, I I have to take him for his word because he sees his royalty checks. So yeah, and and the the only other question that I had with everything again comes back to stuff that we've talked about in other discussions at other places, and it it all swirls around. We got that corporate line that even Axel Alonso throws out a lot of, well, those numbers that you get from Diamond don't represent the true sales. Then enlighten us, give us give us something from two years ago that shows what your total sales are that you're seeing that we can compare to that month two years ago, just so we understand what order of magnitude are we considering that we're off by? 5%, 200%, you know, give me a baseline. And then when you give me the answer or the argument of, well, you don't have the full picture, then I can say, oh yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm really light. Or I can say, yeah, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And I, and I tried to press him on that. I tried to press Brandon on that and get some concrete numbers. And, um, he was hesitant to do that. And I switched to percentages to see if I could get a little more clarification on just what his breakdown is. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it still, it still didn't paint a picture that floppies mean nothing to me. Right. Um, so I'm still not, I'm still not a hundred percent sold. Uh, he mentioned, he threw out that, you know, why would a corporation share their data with you? You know, and they they have no reason to. They have well, no reason you can to. point to any company that's publicly held or government. <laughs> yeah, true. That's Those numbers are all transparent. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I would like it, and um, I I just we never really see digital sales data. Um, and we occasionally see book scan data. That has its own limitations. Right. You know, I don't know what. You know, con sales, comp sales are what? Not what percentage of a of a creator's books is that? Is that ten percent of a print run? I don't know that, or is it just a number? Is that a flat number? I, d- I don't know that information. Um, right. Scholastic is just a question. I have, I have no. I f- I thought it would went away. I didn't even know it still existed. Well, if you so, if you come up in October, which it sounds like you're planning on for our in store convention. Um, we will oh, have, is this official? Can we can we declare that that's an official? We can declare the event. We're not going to fully disclose all of the guests that are coming yet. But I will say that uh, as of right now, it looks like Otis Frampton will be coming back, and he has put um, all all three of his oddly normal trades that he has out right now are all through going through Scholastic as well. So uh, if you when you make it up for that, you can ask Otis how the Scholastic thing works. Okay. That's cool, and I and I am going up to the world's smallest Comic Con, 
That's right. Is that, is that still the? Is we still branding it that way? Yeah, we are. We we started Even off it's big as a, now? well. It started off as kind of a joke because you know it was, and in a joke in a good way because it was the world's smallest comic con. You know, we had like one creator and we had just started running the store and, um, you know, now we've had the likes of Tim Seeley and Phil Hester and a few other folks coming through and this year looks to be a little bit bigger yet. That now it's more of a tongue in cheek uh, world's smallest comic con thing. Yeah, so that's going to be at the end of October, October 28th. October 28th. It's uh, it's going to be a Halloween uh, theme festival as well. Uh, they, heck, if you come to town, they'll even be trick-or-treating and a uh, Halloween parade. So we're putting it all out for you. Yeah, and I think there's some uh, some super cheap flights right now uh, from any major metro to Milwaukee, which is pretty close to you guys, right? Yeah, and we're it, Milwaukee's a southwest hub, so... It works out really nice if you're a Southwest flyer like myself. You can usually get in and out pretty cheap. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep you apprised on on our podcast too as we hear more of the announcements um, once they once they're firmed up because I have a feeling there's going to be some cool cool announcements coming on that. That, that that's exciting and um, yeah, getting my butt to Wisconsin again twice in one year. I know it's that's the promised amazing. land though. That's it. That's amazing. I I can't believe that. So that's really cool, and I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Um, I had uh, in some some online comic sales news. We had been talking about uh, eBay sales, and you guys were nice enough to answer extensively answer a question from one of our listeners about eBay sales and trust issues, and and are there still people out there and and you know, I was kind of looking at some of my my stock online that I have that's kind of been out there for a while, and and I listened to you guys talk about stock rotation and how you, if your comics sit there for six months, you know, you do something with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they need to be they can't just sit there; they need to be moved, and they need to. I think James James or you talked about you know going from a new release rack to a back issue bin to a dollar bin to a quarter bin, you know, the kind of the, the life yep. cycle of a comic and and how you you move it out. You give it time, you give it a chance to find an owner, but you move it out and right. to make room for new stock. And I was thinking the same thing because I haven't really kind of looked at some of the stuff that I have on my, my online, my eBay store, you know, for a long time that I just kind of like repeat it, you know, eh, maybe somebody else will find it this time. Yeah, well, the, re- kind of, the relist button. Yeah. I just hit the, I, it's easy. Cause I'm, I just, it, it comes up and I'm like, oh, I'll just relist it. Oh, I'll just relist it. I won't, I won't do anything different. And so I listened to you guys about, you know, I was kind of inspired by your, uh, your golden age sales where you were listing them on a Friday and then ending them on a Friday and, um, going with 99 cents to kind of get a lot of people uh, eyeballs on it. Yeah. And so I switched it up. So I switched it up and did that and I was able to move some old product, which I was really happy about. Um, the free, it'll free up some slots for some new stuff to get out there. Um, and then I, I moved a couple of new things cause I think eyeballs were on my store. And so it translated to, you know, maybe somebody buying, something that they wouldn't have seen otherwise because they weren't on my store. So it, it was really helpful. I mean, I did take a bath on a couple of things. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was old stuff that had been sitting there that, you know, the same guy bought 
several of the lots. So it was just one shipping cost for me. So I still made money, but if I would have sold it by itself, I would have probably, I would have hurt a little bit. <laughs> it would have hurt me a little bit, but it was, it was still fun to really see that if the stuff's priced, uh, people will, will come out, bid on it, check out your other stuff and you can move through some of that junk and then you get some new product out there, which, which I appreciate you guys, uh, kind of, uh, prod me along there to do that. Yeah. And, and in fact, we just, uh, we just did another golden age, uh, book sale. Uh, and it was one of those things where just like we had described with the, the first round that we did, you know, we put up a lot of them, uh, of maybe, there's probably 25 or 30 golden age books that we put up uh, as individual sales, start them all at 99 cents. And, you know, same thing. We had a couple that went for 99 cents uh, or a buck 50. And then we had a couple that went for 150 to 200 bucks. And it kind of, it, it averaged out to a, a pretty good win again for us. And it was the same thing with our, our last sales. The first one, we had three guys that kind of just got in and and because the books that we had were all similar in feel or uh, content type they just kind of went from one to the next to the next to the next and tried to win them all and it was one of those things where they kind of you know they start to play that game of well if I can just get combined shipping and buy them all you know I may pay two or three bucks more for the book in the auction but I'm saving five six bucks on the shipping so I end up making out ahead and and that that's what we see happening quite a bit so glad it, it worked for you. Maybe it's an idea for other people to try. And yeah. um, the one thing, the one caveat or whatever that I would add into it is uh, if you're going to do that, if you're going to make a shift, uh, it's really it's a good idea to try and do um, similar types of books. So say you've got three Punisher runs you want to do uh, and then maybe one Punisher key mm-hmm. side book that you want to do, do all of those at the same time. Because you're probably going to get crossover people who are like, oh, I want that ASM 129 and I want that Punisher Max run and I want, you know, they're, they're going to have that, their eyes are going to be looking for Punisher. And when they go to, you know, scroll through the page and see the other stuff you're selling, they're going to get more excited. So that's just a tip that we find that works the best for us. Um, if we keep at least four or five of the auctions that are running in that larger group, four or five of them we try and keep similar. So we'll have maybe four or five different sets of four to five different types of things. And then they're, and then you have them staggered so that they're ending right after one another? Yeah, usually anywhere from like a minute and a half to two minutes because that gives people enough time to try and snipe a last-minute bid and then go to the next one and do the same thing. Um, they can kind of jump along. If you do them within two or three seconds of one another, it doesn't give people that time. So you um, you must build yours out and then schedule them. Yep. Yeah, I think it's – I can't remember if we pay a, a nickel or a dime for each one that we schedule, but when we're doing those – those chunks, you know, if it's 20, 25 books, it's, it's two bucks, two fifty, And to be able to have that control over it so that we can say, you know, they're going to end at Friday night at, you know, 801 central, 803 central, 805 central, things like that. It, it makes all the difference for us that two fifty is, is worth the extra 200 that we can make off of it. Wow. That's, that's a good idea. I'm not, I'm not playing in that stratosphere. So <laughs> my margins are pretty thin. Speaking you will of which, be, you will be. <laughs> another tip is uh, don't don't go from buy it now with free shipping to seven day auction starting at ninety nine cents without changing the free shipping because 
if you are both 99 cents and offering free shipping, there's a good chance that <laughs> yeah. you're going to lose money on that sale. <laughs> uh, if if it's been sitting there for a while, not that many people have been interested in uh, in trying to make a best offer on it. it. Just because you drop it to 99 cents doesn't mean there's going to be a feeding frenzy. So <laughs> give yourself a little a little insurance by at least uh, breaking even on the shipping, maybe. Uh, because yeah, I oh I think I, I had a a dollar five sale that cost me three dollars to ship, <laughs> so that was a rough one. That was a rough one. Uh, it's to the best of us. It but. does. It does. We've we've made little mistakes here and there too, and it's one of those things where you just kind of look at it and you you shake your head and you go, Ugh, oh well. I don't. And then you that. laugh at it next week. Exactly. Uh, one of our listeners, Michael Lamb, uh, says that Marvel has announced Punisher will be the next War Machine. I'm reading the current run. This makes zero sense to me, but I have a feeling this will be in Generations. Inter- interesting that they come out with these reveals before the big issue even drops. Interesting or annoying, Michael, I would say. would you? That seems like a spoiler, right? Yeah. And well, and I think it... Part of it, too, is it's this run-on events situation. It's Secret Empire running into Generations, running into Legacy. Um, we just There's so much going on with overlapping characters. Yeah, which 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 overlapped with Civil War II. And yeah. Um, Emiliano Bagnardi also says, I don't get Punisher becoming the war machine. He's already a killing machine, right? Yeah. yeah makes a lot of sense. Um, Michael also wanted us to know, um, Image announces Walking Dead as the theme for October in time for previews for Bleeding Cool. Image Comics is continuing to run themed variant books that covers the 25th anniversary year. In October, that means a tribute to Image Comics' most successful title, Walking Dead, with each of the 30 variant covers spread across Image's wide range of cover of titles, homaging different issues of the walking dead that could be super cool or really lame what do you think um i i think i think it could be super cool and uh, the biggest thing that i want to say is i'm just really really happy that image is putting this out in previews and not holding it to foc like they have with a lot of the other variant month stuff Uh, and i'm speaking from both a retailer and a collector side from the retailer side it makes it so much easier because people can come in and start letting us know what they want so we don't have to make guesses. And as a collector, it should afford you the chance to get a look at some of these covers, probably not all of them, but at least some of the covers so you can take a look and see what the style is going to be. I did look through the article that talked about them, and there's a lot of repeat um, cover homages. So like I think 53, 58, 100... uh, was it issue 13 had a couple. Uh, I think there's only one that was doing an homage to the first issue of Walking Dead, which is fine because a few months ago when they did the 25th anniversary, um, was it Killer Be Killed did the yeah. Walking Dead homage, which was really cool. I, I liked I that, that one. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. That was great. Um, so I, I think this is great. I, I think that uh, regardless of what their monthly variant um, you know, cover thing is going to be, I, I think announcing it in previews ahead of time is just a win all the way around. Um, maybe some speculators don't like it because it gives everybody the the chance to pick their 
pick their uh, issues, but I, I think Kyle said it before. If he likes the cover, chances are other people are going to like the cover, which means there's a chance that it could go up in price. So, um, you know, from a speculation side, I, I still don't think you're losing because you're actually getting to see what you're buying beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, and even those those FOC offerings that were super cool that I didn't get to in time, they still didn't go crazy. High. Right. Um, which surprises me. Still to this day surprises me because I just think there's this built-in scarcity and I thought they were cool enough to want them. So I was surprised that they're they're not higher than they are, and um, you know maybe 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 they'll spike later. We'll see. Yeah, and it could just be you know it could be one of those things where depending on what the series is and where the series goes can also make a, a big uh, difference down the road. Now we heard a few weeks ago that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. The long-running comic was in the nearly three hundred, right. right, or or maybe even more. Yeah, it was canceled. in the upper two hundreds at Archie. Yeah, yeah, up upper two hundreds and, and and got canceled. Um, but you're hearing something different now. Yeah, at, at uh, San Diego, it was announced that Sonic will be moving to IDW, uh, which I think is is a big win for IDW. Obviously, it's a big loss for Archie. Uh, Archie's kind of been in a really weird spot lately it started i think uh what about a year ago when they attempted to do that kickstarter uh to kind of rejuvenate stuff and then they ended archie and revamped it and it's just kind of one of those things where i'm not going to say they're spinning their wheels because the archie title with mark wade writing it uh, has been really good i think they're just kind of trying to find regain their identity you know trying to re re rebrand themselves as archie again uh, but the losing Sonic the Hedgehog is a big thing. Uh, there were a lot of Sonic subscribers in our store that were kind of worried that Sonic was going to go away. And some of these have been subscribers for a long time. And it's not like they just jumped on the book. Uh, so for them, I think this was kind of a, a vote of confidence. And their the biggest hope, and I don't have this information, I don't know if they announced it, but their biggest hope was that the creative folks, at least the writer that's currently uh, had been writing Sonic at Archie would be moving over with the title. There's was, there was a lot of concern and, and love for him. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, but the other big news from IDW uh, that came along with that Sonic announcement is that they are going to scale back what how many books they're putting out each month. They're going to, I think, scale back pretty heavy on um, some of the Hasbro, Mattel, is it Hasbro? Yeah, Hasbro uh, lineup things. They're going to, I think, scale back on some of the Transformers, some of the My Little Pony. And um, I think they've they've found that they've gotten to the point where it's a little too saturated. Yeah, I mean, they tried. They tried to double and triple up on some of these titles and uh, kind of wrang all the juice out of them they could. And uh, I, I applaud them for at least recognizing that it's, it's oversaturation. Retailers can't support that many titles. Readers can't support that many titles and, uh, scale it back. It's smart. And I wish that Marvel would take that hint. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's one franchise that IDW has that, um, I think they could probably put out 
I'm going to say they could put out at least six books a month, six different titles a month, and they wouldn't have an issue sustaining them, and that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No matter what iteration, variation, whatever that book comes out on, uh, people buy it. So that's the kind of their one, and I and that was their big one, and I think what they did was they looked at the success that TMNT had and said, oh, hey, you know, let's take Transformers and we can build on that, and let's take you know, uh, ROM and mask and all of that kind of stuff and, and build on it. And, and it just got to be that those franchises really don't have the same gravitas that TMNT does. And, and part of that's because they disappeared for a number of years and then kind of came back and, and they have to rebuild. Whereas TMNT has kind of been this persistent thing that, you know, kids from the eighties on up have, have grown up with. It's been on backpacks and, you know, shoes and bikes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and, we, and you see Titan doing the same thing with Doctor Who. They've yeah. They've got half a dozen titles of Doctor Who going at the same time. Um, you're seeing uh, Boom doing that with the Power Rangers now. There's multiple Power Ranger titles coming and going. Yeah, the one um, thing with Boom, though, is that they did this last year. They scaled back pretty heavily and focused on... They, they kind of took the approach of we're going to focus on creating quality content over quantity of content. And their whole idea was we're going to get the quality down first and then we'll start to expand out a little bit more. And I think that IDW looked at that and saw the success because the boom numbers have been slowly rising both in our store and kind of across the board. Uh, and boom is also doing some really innovative stuff where uh, all you have to do is opt into a program and they have their creator series, it's called, which I think are the boom books that they're putting a little more emphasis behind. Okay. And they end up um, the first issue two, maybe three, depending on the title, are fully returnable for us. Now, with that, though, there's kind of this gentleman's agreement or general person's agreement that, you know, we're not going to order 50 of a title that we plan to sell two of. You know, we're going to maybe order five or six, which is fine because that's all that we would want to do is test the water and see how it works. Um, and I think that we've been involved with this now for about three months, two and a half, three months, uh, basically since shortly after C2E2 in April. And it's been nice because we've been able to try a little bit more. Some of it catches, some of it doesn't. So uh, I, I wish more publishers would take that approach as well, at least the smaller publishers where they kind of, it's it's a shared responsibility and a shared risk to bring in new product lines or more product lines. When you put the risk all on one person or the other, it gets a little difficult, which is why some of those back half publishers have a harder time generating larger numbers um, and why we have a harder time selling them or, or deciding to sell them. Now does... Um do those direct ship back, those returns direct ship back to Boom or go through Diamond? Uh, they, they go through Diamond. All we do is uh, rip the covers, dispose of the remainder of the book, and then ship the covers back. Or whichever cover has the UPC. So sometimes front, sometimes the back. But usually it's the front. And so so you so you just pay for shipping the, the, the lighter weight of the covers. Yep. So it's pretty, no, pretty nominal. Yeah, it's it's like a usually what when we ship covers back, it usually ends up being like a dollar, dollar fifteen, something like that. So, you know, if we're gonna, and usually there's multiple different books that we're shipping yeah. covers back, and and there could be a DC book or an Image book or something like that, or Dark Horse that has the return. So, I mean, it could be that we're sending a total of twenty or twenty five covers back, um, and it, it, it's nice because it gives us that extra opportunity. Hmm. I'm surprised that more more retailers t- don't take advantage of that and that they don't 
go in a little heavier than the five or six you're talking about. I mean, I guess capital outlay. I guess yep. that's probably that's a problem. You could, you've got so you've got to spend the money to get twenty of each title out on the on the on the front rack and just hope and pray that it it catches fire. I guess I guess that's that's the problem. Is you're yeah, going to be your money's going to be out of pocket for three to six months. And on top of that, um, you know, each store has a set amount of space. So some stores can can fill the space, you know, more sparsely. And if bringing in six more titles, it's not going to affect them. Whereas some stores like ours, where we we have a lot of different product lines, and we really champion our our wall books and our key issues more so. Um, than a lot of other stores do. That's a space that gets taken away from other things. And so we kind of have to play that that game of where's our best profit? What are people really coming for? And what we try and get out of Boom is we, we kind of find that, that Boom tends to be a slightly different pocket of readers. Um, not necessarily all kids, but they're, it's a, just a different pocket of readership because you, you've got the big two, which are superheroes. You have Image, which can be a lot more... Um, there's definitely a lot more mature titles. There's a lot more teen plus titles and a lot of it is, um, you know, post-apocalyptic or, uh, noir crime, you know, a lot of those things, whereas boom tends to have a little bit more of a different offering and that it's a different group of people. And so if we don't have a lot of those people that are coming in, we're not going to go too heavy on it. And I guess it's the boot. They have the boom box imprint. They do. Yeah. One thing. Yep. Um, and I think that's what the deep is published under, which I really enjoy. Um, and then the boom proper, which is, uh, which has had some great stuff. Oh yeah. And, uh, it, it feels, I mean, to me it's, it's image, a curated image, whereas image was kind of putting out stuff that way too much, they were putting out way too much and it didn't seem like they had the same level of, uh, critical eye on the on the, the stuff that they were greenlighting it felt to me like boom was a cl- taking taking a classier look at you know th- something there's something about this there's either a really great premise or a really amazing art style happening on this you right know? and it, and it always felt like there was one of the two were at play usually they had trouble getting both to go at the same time but usually one of the it's either a really cool concept or or the art was just like crazy awesome. And, yeah, uh, and and where th- there for a while, I was really down on image because they were just some of the they were just putting out dreck, and uh, I'm like, how did these how did this stuff even show get the light of day? Who's got naked pictures of Eric Stevenson? Because <laughs> who wants I, naked I, pictures of Eric Stevenson? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. answer that first. Yeah, and I don't know how this stuff was getting out, but yeah, Boom felt like it was just a classier um, type of type of title that was coming out, and um, yeah, I mean they kind of go with that boutique feel, and yeah, you know, books like Claws with Grant Morrison and Dan Moore, or Strange Fruit with Mark Wade and J.G. Jones. I mean, yeah, those great are. Stuff big names dan moore obviously is an up-and-comer but you know to have to have folks like grant morrison mark wade um jg jones doing art tom taylor i mean it's it's definitely like you said it's a curated it's more of a boutique publisher that um i think they they made their initial kind of go of it with with some more of the kid child-based books uh young adult stuff and then said you know we need to add this and uh, there's there's some really great books. I mean, uh, I think The Woods from James Tynan the Fourth comes out through through Boom. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely one of those uh, pocket um, publishers that a lot of people unfortunately don't know about, but there's so many good things that come out of it. I, I, yeah, it's, it's really cool that they have that, that they're at least aggressively trying to partner with um, retailers and yeah. not just leaving it to uh, the postage stamp solicitations in the back of previews to be their sales force because those that doesn't doesn't work right right and, uh, and you know the the percentage of people that get previews in our shop based on the amount of uh, subscribers we have it's like two percent so that's 98 percent of people that aren't even looking at your postage stamp anyways yeah and if you do get it do you get it that far yeah right uh, or do you just go to dc and, and marvel and image and then call it good and, and call it good yeah i mean i think there's a significant amount of folks that don't even make it to the back half or don't spend the amount of time that you need to to actually see everything. There's right. A couple, there's a couple thousand things in there. Yep. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, it wouldn't be a, an episode of of Comics for Fun and Profit if we didn't comment on a Marvel shenanigan or two. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, what you got for us? Man, what doesn't Marvel have going on? Um, the big thing right now that, at least from a retail side, we're... we're just scratching our heads on and how we're going to do this is the legacy stuff. So um, everybody by now has probably heard that Marvel's going back to legacy numbering, you know, critique the numbering edition as you want. That's really not the the point. Um, at the end of the day, for, for me, I'm looking at all the different pieces that they have going on. So they've got legacy. They have now legacy lenticular covers um, that appear to have been either a, a last minute decision to get published or I'm not hundred percent sure how, how everything came to be because what we're seeing is that we have to order. Um, I think it's 150% of our orders of secret empire uh, issue two, I want to say, or something like that to start qualifying for some of these lenticulars. And there's going to be other tie-in tiers. So you've got the lenticular covers that we're trying to figure out. Are these going to be something people want or not? How, how deep are we going to go in on regular covers or not? Um, and then beyond that, now they've introduced that they're going to do the Marvel value stamps in mm. the books. So you have value stamps that are going to be <laughs> happening. Uh, um, really? Yep. They're going to be doing another set of variant covers for some of the books that are 1980s t-shirt homage variant covers. I mean, it's just like they, they are literally throwing everything at this outside of chromium covers and die cut. I mean, it's pretty much everything else, and I get it, kind of, and kind of not. Um, It just feels like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like as smooth of a rollout as some of the other things. Like, with Secret Empire, with Secret War, there's been Civil War II, there's been more of a refined and, like we have a game plan of how we're going to roll this out. I'm not going to say that they had all the issues in the bag and they had all that done because we know that there were delays and additions, whatever, but at least they had an approach of this is what the ordering is going to look like. And with, with the legacy stuff, it's just been one thing after another where um, I'm, I'm very fortunate, very thankful that we're on the Marvel Facebook page and I'm not going to take anything that's part of that, private discussion between us and, and uh, us as retailers and Marvel outside of the, the page. I just want to say that if we didn't have that forum to be able to ask questions, we would probably be completely lost because there are questions that we've had. There's questions that other retailers have had that um, we've literally needed someone from Marvel to help us go through some of this ordering. 
and it's um, it's a little frustrating that it can come to that, but uh, yeah. So well, well how I get, easy yeah. is that to to explain to your customer base? <laughs> we just don't explain it to them um, the, <laughs> because it's it's one of those things where their eyes start to gloss over. Um, the the one thing that for listeners of this show that I would say is a takeaway is understand that for you to get lenticular covers, there's going to be a lot of tier level stuff that the retailers are going to have to go through. So if you want those lenticular covers, you need to go and talk to your retailers about them to make sure that if you want them, you're going to get them and understand what it may take to get them. Now, beyond that, even farther as a potential spec item, because there's tiers behind this stuff, I don't know what that's going to mean for secondary market. Um, some of them, I I don't have everything in front of me. I would need like the Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> size thing to figure it out. But there are some that James and I were looking at and saying, oh, that's an easy one for us to hit. And it's probably an easy one for most people to hit. Then there's other ones that may tie in. I think Venom is going to be one where they might go back to uh, saying you need to do 150% of your orders for Venom 150. So if Ooh. you did the one in 1,000... All of a sudden, you're ordering 1,500 copies of Venom to get lenticulars. And so it's one of those things where, um, you know, who knows? Scarcity, things could be all over the map. We just don't know. The one thing to be sure of, though, is to talk to your retailers as soon as possible on if you want those lenticulars because it's going to be tricky for some of them, us included, to get all of them if we decide to get all of them. And do you know what the hoops are? For each 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 one, no, already? because um, they've only released of the fifty three. I think it's thirty nine are going to be coming out that are in this current previews. They're only one that we had in our our uh, initial order that we submitted yesterday uh, was for the Legacy Kickoff book one shot. Yeah, um, which we actually don't get to place the order for that lenticular cover until FOC because they didn't have it in in time for the initial order publication, which is fine. We'll take care of it on FOC. Um, so in this current previews, I think there's 39 books of the 53 that we can get the lenticulars for. Next previews, I think, are the other 14, and then they ship from October through December. So it's gonna be it's gonna be standard Marvel. Um, I'm not going to call it chaos. Standard Marvel fun, where we're we're going to be looking at a lot of things, digging in deep, and um, you know, it, it is what it is. I wish Marvel would do things a little bit differently sometimes. Other times, it it's fine. But uh, again, go to your retailers if you want these, so that they know and they can start start that dialogue now. So the so the the legacy number one is it number one or zero. I think it's a I think it's one. I think it's okay, number one. So, so legacy number one. We'll have a leg. We'll have a lenticular, but it's only orderable through the FOC. And right, is are there tiers? Um, there, there is. There is a tiered program. I think it's a hundred and fifty percent of Secret Empire two for that one particularly. Ooh, and you were high on that one we well we we did the math and we're they're also offering a, a pretty good discount, which makes it worthwhile to uh, to make that jump. So. I think we're probably going to get it, and it's a Joe Quesada cover. It's got Captain America on it, and I think there's somebody else in it. When you, uh, so the lenticular for the button first issue went between Batman and Flash. This one with Marvel is going to go from color to black and white. 
So, okay, it it eh, it looks It'd okay, but kind of cool. Yeah, um, and and you and James are uh, aware owners. You are present owners. You are not your. I would say there's probably at least, in my estimation, fifty percent of the comic shop accounts that are absentee owners and they're run by the assistant manager, you know? Yeah. And so these orders that are where the owner's not paying attention to week to week orders, they're going to miss these. I yeah. Mean, and, and then there's some shops where they just, you know, we're just getting cover A's and that's it. We're not even going to deal yeah. with this because we don't want the headache of having to do all the, the Marvel math as I, and they don't bother coined. with FOC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because everyone, everyone that has a diamond account can log in. So you don't even have to have Comic Suite to do it. Um, you can log into the uh, to your account page, go to your orders tab on the left. So for those retailers that are listening that don't know how to do this, go into your diamond page on the left hand side. You're going to click on the the uh, bold orders. Click on orders, and then you'll see what drops down from there. You'll have FOC weekly, FOC monthly, and FOC upload. FOC Weekly is your next week's FOC that ends on Monday, and FOC Monthly gives you an entire month's worth of FOCs that you can start looking at ahead. Go there, use it, make your life better. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, hopefully, your LCS listeners. Um, I hope, hopefully, your LCS is a participant in FOC, and able you're able to do that. If not, you know, go find yourself a better store. Um, because I, I, I know the ones, a couple of the stores around here, they don't, they don't do it or they won't do it for me. Yeah. And it's a shame because it's such a, it only helps the retailer because it helps you hone in even better on how you're going to make your sales. Um, so it's a shame, but you know, if we send books to Pennsylvania, so if people are looking for an LCS, even though we're not next door, USPS or UPS or FedEx make us almost next door. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, they can, uh, Google Cowabunga. That's in, right. In Economawalk and, uh, they'll take care of you. Cowabunga with a K. Um, so speaking of FOC, you have, uh, the latest, right? I do. I do have the FOC that, uh, will be turned in on Monday the 31st. So okay. I just You're going to be listening. Listeners will be listening to this about on Saturday the 29th. So you have a day or two. <laughs> Yeah, so the FOC is typically due kind of end of business day on Monday, but as a general courtesy, I would say try and get your requests in by noon with your your shop if you can on Monday. It it just makes life easier. Unless Um, you happen to be a DCBS customer, and then uh, you're out of luck. Because if you (laughs) didn't order for FOC on Thursday or super early on Friday – uh, they're not even going to answer your email. So there you go. <laughs> we'll, 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 I'll just let that sit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I'm not going to go through every item because it's, it's quite a few publishers, but I just thought there's a couple things on here that might be worth calling out, uh, for folks to take a look at. So, uh, on the FOC for next Monday books, that'll be shipping on the 23rd of August, uh, that shipment has the Batman Day stuff, which is being taken over by Harley Quinn this year. 
So there's in DC, there's a Batman Day 2017 special edition, which is I Am Bane Part 1. So we've already had that, obviously. However, it has a Ryan Sook cover, which is an homage to Frank Miller. Uh And it's that blue lightning background of the Dark Knight. And instead of the shadows that are on the original, it's a shadow of Batman chasing a shadow of Harley Quinn with the, uh, the old style um, outfit with the headpiece and the big mallet. So that is one that's out there that those of you following along may want. And it's uh, it's, it's a, a quarter. 25 center. Yep, it's a 25 center. And I'm going to be going alphabetically, so okay. I, uh, I apologize for if, if it feels like it's jumped around. The other one that I I actually sent you the image, you and Kyle, the image of this, which I'm I'm not reading the series. I was waiting till it's all done and collected, but I will be getting this cover because it's so awesome. Is the uh, the Francesco Mattina Batman and the Shadow five number five of six? It is that co- that cover is just freaking awesome. It's uh, it's Mattina doing Batman with the Shadow lurking behind him. Um, this is an open to order variant, so there's no no shenanigans that anyone has to play. No tears to hit. Um, so if you want that one, that's that's definitely a, a really really nice cover to uh, and you to prefer pick up. that over the Tim Sale variant. Oh yeah, definitely over the Tim Sale and definitely over the A cover. Um, nothing, nothing against Tim Sale or Riley Rosmo. Uh, Riley Rosmo has done some really great covers, but you, to me, Matina is probably one of the top three cover artists right now. And I mean, just look at that Batman! Holy crap, it is pretty. Yeah, and the battering, shimmering. Oh, jeez. Anyways, so yeah, I would definitely personally take that one over the others. Um, but that cover we didn't get until early this past week uh, through through DC, so we had no clue what that cover was going to look like. And in fact, I think the the artist might have been TBD at the time. So heads up, that one's on FOC. Um, there is a DC Superhero Girls Batman Day Special Edition 25 Center, which is a that DC Superhero Girls Young Kids line, and it's a uh, a short of Harley Quinn's Out of the Bottle. So that might be a fun one to pick up. And is there any other ones in DC? Oh, for those that like the um, the Joker Loves Harley arc, there's another 25 center Harley Quinn Batman Day 2017 edition um, with a picture of Harley kind of holding a Joker and a headlock. That one's kind of fun. Um, it's a Ryan Sook cover with Amanda Connor art inside, obviously. So that's a fun one. But outside of that, did you have anything in DC? I sent you the list. I know you've got a little bit different way of having to look at it than I do. Yeah, um, no, not in DC. I, I was um, more interested in the uh, the second printing of Generation Gone, number one from Image. Okay. Um, uh, that one that one piqued my interest. Uh, that's that one sold through really quickly, and uh, critically acclaim critical acclaim is coming in on it. Uh, people are pretty excited about this generation gone. So, second printing will be uh, scarce, and uh, number two, which is a two ninety nine book and not a four ninety nine like the first issue was, um, may have been under ordered. So. You might want to go heavy on both A and the Hickman variant cover of Generation Gone Number Two as well. So, um, all all three of those, I would I would go heavy on all three of those. On and this I think FOC. 
I think I have two copies of Generation Gone, number one, first print on my shelf, so if anybody's looking, let me know. Yeah, it was a, it was a quick sell-through. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stores that sold quick. We got a, we got a handful in, and we've got, I think, one or two left. Yeah. So. Um, and then uh, Hard Place number one doesn't ring a bell from Image. Uh, what is that? It was... Um, is a guy that was so actually I can just read the solicit. I'll make it even easier. After five years in prison, AJ Gurney, a legendary wheelman in Detroit, has decided it's time to go straight. He returns home to work in his father's garage and disappear into anonymity. But during a visit to the bank, AJ is recognized by two violent bank robbers and they demand he be their getaway driver. Uh to to, to ensure his compliance, they take a young female hostage. Unfortunately, she happens to be the daughter of a Russian crime lord. So there you go. He's being pursued by police, hunted by a Russian mob, and uh He's a he's a car driver, and this is your last chance to influence the your orders on issue one before it slams shut on you. Yep. Okay. But okay. Yep. Interesting. And that is by uh, da, 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 written by Doug Wagner with uh, Nick Rummel and Charlie Kirkhoff art and a cover main cover A by Brian Stelfreeze. Yeah. Um. And then. Uh, the phenomenon of shirtless bear fighter continues. Um, it's got a second printing of its second issue. Yep. And uh, you can order that through FOC and pump up your orders of the third issue if necessary. There are multiple covers. One of them's an incentive, though. Yeah, and that's the one that seems to be jumping in price. All of these, um, they're the, the naked covers. They seem yeah. to be the ones that are jumping, but it's a 1 in 15, so... Uh, don't be surprised if retailers have a little bit of a markup on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, why uh, did Snot Girl sell through so quickly on its uh, issue six? Is it because it's after the trade break? Um, yeah, I think there was such a long, and it was a long gap between trade break and issue six. So I think because of that, retailers, um, ourselves included, either didn't order it or ordered very, very light on it. Uh, so they, they went back for a second print. So that's second prints coming out uh, on the 23rd of August. Very cool. I don't think there's anything special in it as far as like first appearances type things. It just happened I don't to be that it so quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, good to go on to Marvel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So the big thing with Marvel covers for whatever's going on now uh, is that they're doing Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh. So there's a lot of really cool um, Marvel vs. Capcom covers, but they, of course, are going to have... Um, I think it's a lot of them are 90%, so it's basically you need to equal your last month's order to get them. Uh, so Doctor Strange has one, which is... Actually, I've got it right here. To qualify, you need to have 90% of Doctor Strange number 21, Secret Empire. So there you go. It's a 90% one, which is easy to hit. But the uh, the cover for Doctor Strange is by Long Vo. Can't say as if I've heard of him, but um, I don't know. I'm a Doctor Strange fan, so I like the cover. Okay. It's a very vintage-looking Doctor Strange. Uh, let's see. Then there's a Generations Unworthy Thor, which is a Dale Keown cover, which has Thor, and it's definitely in the Capcom feel. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of these out there. Most of them should be relatively easy for retailers to hit. And then once you hit the um, that unlocking tier, you can get all you want. So and let's see. We've got Generations Unworthy 
Thor. We've got an I Am Groot. Um, I don't think there's any other big ones out here. I don't think so. So those are out there. If you want those, um, go ahead and chime into your retailers on those. Okay. I think that's it for Marvel and probably pretty much it for... Well, I did have a question about the Boom stuff. Sure. Uh, because you're part of that program, so can you order what you need to get to the incentive levels of their books and then return them? Or is yes. that playing dirty pool? No, you can do that. So a perfect perfect case of that is the Hi-Fi Fight Club number one has an FOC incentive variant. So this is a variant that hasn't been told that it's happening. It's a, it's a fish variant, and it is boom guaranteed for registered retailers. Da, 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 so we can get it open to all orders. This one doesn't have any sort of increase that we need to do. It's just it's only available through FOC. So that's an incentive that we can get. But, yeah, for some of those other ones, if they have like a 1 in 10, um, 1 in 20, depending on if it fits into that criteria, we can do it. It's like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are not part of that program. They're oh. really well established. Um, WWE is not part of that. Yeah, it's pretty much the newest stuff or select titles that they um, – that they're seeing a big influx of trade purchases and they want the single issues to bump up too. That's they're, they're kind of targeting those, but it's mostly the new stuff. So like high five fight club, I think is the only one on this week's FOC that okay. has that. Very cool. I, you know, I thought that would be kind of an interesting loophole. Hey man, I've been supporting your new stuff. So when the, <laughs> when the one in 100s come out, I'm just going to order a hundred of your books right <laughs> and get get my unlock my incentive make my mad bank there and then return all my covers it's been done it's been done by us it's been done with other publishers it's we you know as a retailer you you take what is given and don't look yeah. a gift horse in the mouth yeah and so uh, i'm sure that they're they understand that and they're probably banking on their stuff selling through and uh, the fact that some retailers won't go to the trouble of, of returning. Yeah, I think that that's a biggest, the biggest thing that a lot of retailers just don't feel it's worth the time. Um, but thankfully for us, we have a guy that does eBay sales, so it's easy for us to say, hey, rip these 25 covers off and ship them out when you carry all the stuff over to get shipped out from eBay. <laughs> oh, you have you have a guy just dedicated to that? Or you? Yeah, he, he works... Um, anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a week and that's his that's his thing is listing and packaging and shipping wow that's awesome i need a guy (laughs) fc kyle's got some free time (laughs) he does not i hear he requires a lot of pto (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i could get his benefit package (laughs) that's awesome anything else on foc that you wanted to note no i don't think there's anything else uh i the biggest one for me is that matina cover from Batman Shadow Five, yeah. Now, when um, when a listener goes into their uh, LCS, uh, what do they ask if if they can't if they, if this isn't easy to come by online? Do they just go in and, and like on Thursdays? When do you get this normally? So uh, basically, on on Tuesday, the new list will come out, but it's not finalized until noon on Friday. So it, I will say though, for Marvel and DC and Image, ninety nine percent of the time it's it's solid before you hit Friday. 
but if if you as a customer want to walk in and ask what's on FOC and ask if there's things that you can, um, you know, ask about getting in your order, then yeah, just go in and ask your retailer and say, hey, I was just curious what's on FOC for this uh, for the next coming Monday, and and if there's some things that I want, would you be able to add them to the order or increase the order and you know. I guess it's going to depend on your LCS. Ours, we're going to say, yeah, let's take a look and see what we've got. Let's or, take a look. And you noon, know, noon, afternoon on Friday would be a good time to do that. Yeah, I would say afternoon on Friday is probably a decent time. The other thing that you can do is uh, if you know that there's a book coming out, that like that Matina cover yeah. uh, has been shown, then just going in and saying, hey, I, I hear that there's going to be a Matina cover for Batman Shadow 5. Um, I know it's on FOC this week. I was just curious if you could put one on order for me. So, and I'm not going to say that every retailer is going to do it. There's probably some that are going to say, yeah, I don't, I don't deal with that, which is, is a shame because they're losing money. But um, for those that can do it, that's how, that's probably the easiest way to say, I, I heard it's on FOC this week and was just really hoping that you could add it to my list. Or if it's a Marvel one that might have a tier, just say, you know, do you, do you hit that? tier or what would it cost for me to to get that that cover whatever it is yeah that and it's that that's seems like a good way to evaluate customer service at your lcs too yeah <laughs> just to see what that answer is it, it'd be kind of an interesting um if i said the word foc at one of my lcs's in the area they'd be like what <laughs> <laughs> fo who fo who f you i know we're running along but i did want to catch up on this while while it was coming off of San Diego. Uh, they announced the Eisners every year at San Diego. And um, I'll just hit the the, the categories that uh, I care about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless you want to do them all. Uh, but uh, there was a couple that were interesting in that, um, you know, kind of reaffirmed my faith in humanity that some quality titles won. Um, for Best New Series... The winner was Black Hammer by Jeff yep. Lemire and Dean Ormston, which I think is a quality title. Very worthy, in my opinion. Uh, best Limited Series was The Vision by Tom King and Gabriel Walta. Yeah. I. Well, do you know what else was nominated in that category? Because I, I don't know as if there was anything else that could really stack up to that. Well, there's definitely nothing that could stack up to The Vision for that year. Um, let me type in here, Eisner nominees. Yeah, it was definitely... Um, I I did not do the issue by issue approach on that. I kind of waited, and I'm so glad I oh. did because I read those two trades uh, on a flight back from California, and man, that was that was f- phenomenal. Yeah, uh, but Vision beat out uh, Han Solo, Han Solo, Kim and Kim, Briggsland, and Archangel or Archangel. And uh, uh, so Black- I mean, okay, yeah, that was pretty easy. Briggsland is. I would put Briggsland up there. Um, yeah, I'm a that would have huge been a close second. Brian Wood fan too, though. So, but yeah. no, I, I I agree with that one. That was a good win. And uh, Beth, uh, Black Hammer beat out Clean Room, Deathstroke, Faith, and Mockingbird. Yeah, that wasn't even close, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that would have been a yeah, that would have been tough. Um, best continuing series saga: Brian K. Vaughn. And Fiona Staples, they're going to have to retire them from this category <laughs> because I think they've won it a couple of times. And this was where the heavy hitters were. Uh, they beat out themselves for, well, Brian K. Vaughn beat himself for uh, Paper Girls, uh, beat Mighty Thor, 
Kill or Be Killed, and Astro City, which is kind of like uh, Eric and Drew's reading list. I mean, this is this kind of checks all our boxes, doesn't it? It it does. A lot of those are definitely on on my list. I would uh, it, Saga is fantastic. I, there's no doubt about that. Um, you could have pulled any of this stuff out of a hat, and I'd oh have yeah, been happy. I'd have been happy. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to see Astro City win personally. Um, I just think it's be- it it gets so overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, best writer went to Brian K. Vaughn, and he beat who did he beat? Jason Aaron probably was on that list. I would think. I'm guessing. Yeah. Let me... That's the and Tom King was probably on the list. Yeah, he beat Ed Brookbaker, Kurt Busick, Chelsea Kane, Max Landis, and Jeff Lemire. No, Jason Aaron. Jeez. Okay. But still tough competition. Yeah. Lemire um, had a really, really good year last year. And yeah. uh, I think Ed Brubaker, while he doesn't put out the quantity of titles that, you know, like Jeff Lemire, Tom King put out, even Jason Aaron, obviously, um, what he does, he does top notch. So that, that's a pretty good list. Yeah. Chelsea Kane, was that the Mockingbird? Yeah. Yep. Mm, okay. That's interesting. I was a big fan. Uh, Kyle didn't like it. I did. Uh, best lettering went to Todd Klein, and uh, so for uh, Clint, who's a big lettering fan. I know it's you that's the big lettering fan. <laughs> I think we both were were kind of oozing over. Yeah, over that one. Yeah, beat out uh, Dan Close, Breck Evans, Tom Called, Nick Hayes, Sonny Lou. Lettering's tough. I don't, it I is. don't know how you would judge that. That would be difficult. I think it'd have to be a standout, like like you noticed in Claws, that where yeah, that'd be really tough. You just compare everything to that and say, is this good? Yep. Or no. <laughs> um, and best coloring did not go to Jordi Belair, um, which was surprising. Uh, she wasn't even nominated, so she may have taken herself out of consideration. Um, it went to Matt Wilson, I believe. Yeah, who did yeah. so many great things. Uh, Paper Girls, Wicked and Divine, Mighty Thor, uh, just to name a few. Uh, but he beat out Elizabeth Brightweiser, who did, who does all the Brubaker stuff. Yeah, and gotta love Betty Brightweiser colors. Yeah, so that's that, that that's tough. And the Jean the Jean Francois Belou, the Green Valley coloring, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and Laura Martin, who did Wonder Woman, Ragnarok. And Silver Surfer, uh, yeah, Silver Surf, Black Panther, yep. Um, well, that's interesting that uh, that Jordy wasn't on there. I wonder if she did take herself out of consideration because uh, I feel like she co- colors five, six books a month, and they pretty much are all top shelf. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you if you've read anything on the nomination process, it seems like it's a small group in a room. And unless they pound the, their fist on the table for certain nominees, doesn't make the cut. That's my understanding hmm. of how it works. Um, I could be wrong. But that's, we should I, definitely I, we should make the cowies a more formal thing, and then it can just be you and Kyle and James and I sitting in a room pounding our fists. And it's yeah, it's, I think it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was one more that I thought was interesting. Which was who was the, the Zerg? Artist and Inker, did those get announced too? Yeah. Or did they yeah. stop doing Inker? I can't remember. They I think did, they stopped uh, doing Inker because Inkwell is the, the main inking award now. 
They did uh, Best Painter Multimedia Artist for Interior Art. Um, and I don't know who that was. Let me look here. Uh, uh, that was Jill Thompson for Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then Best um, Cover Artist went to Fiona Staples uh, for Saga over Mike Del Mundo, uh, the Vision covers, and David Mack. Did some great covers. Sean Phillips did the Criminal Killer Be Killed covers, and Sana Takeda monstrous covers. I'll be very shocked if uh, for next year's Eisners, if uh, Matina and Delato don't get should at least be in the discussion because they are definitely the breakout cover artists this year. But do they ever get recognized for being incentive variant cover artists as opposed to? standard cover artists that that are on a series throughout the year and i guess that's i don't know if there's bylaws as to how this all goes but for me it's really just what's the quality of the output you know what what is the caliber of of skill and and talent that's being put into this i mean and not to discredit any of the cover artists that you've mentioned because they are all fantastic uh, but you just look at some of these covers that are coming out and and it's not like they're doing one or two covers a year this is like serious amount of covers and and it's uh i know it's it's unbelievable detail i mean it's 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 alex ross's next generation type thing right when alex ross hit and got big you know everybody was just in awe of the fact that you could do it with a paintbrush and make it look like that and some of the stuff that these these guys are doing and gals is just unbelievable stuff oh yeah and uh, like adam adam hughes does beautiful covers oh yeah oh yeah Uh, Frank Cho does beautiful covers. His uh, Harley covers are a lot of fun. They're just so funny. There's, I mean, there's some Jenny Frizen. Oh, Jenny Frizen covers just for her, her Wonder Woman covers. Oh man, so now all those revival covers. All the revival covers. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, this we I could do a, like a life. We could do a lifetime achievement cow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That'd be great. Um. I don't think I want to get into some of the more obscure things unless you have yeah. more uh, Eisner nope. questions. Then let's finally make our way over to the new releases. This is our sneak peeks at next week for things releasing Wednesday, August 2nd, um, which uh, you placed your orders for about two and a half months ago. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and we'll start in Dark Horse. At the top, and uh, anything jump out at you there? That's uh, um, either something that you're uh, read. You've heard the show. You know how it works. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I don't think there's anything in uh, in Dark Horse that jumps out at me yeah. this month. Um, I agree. A lot of trades coming out. Pretty week or this week, I should say. Yeah, a lot of trades. Yeah, not much there. Um, we Kyle and I have been blown away by DC's open to order variant covers for their titles. Yep. Uh, they've been very high quality. Um, kind of wish I would have been an early adopter on some of these. I kind of was snoozing on these when they first started doing it. And, man, stuff's just beautiful. Yeah, like right off the bat, Batman 28, the variant cover artist is Neil Adams. Yeah, uh, that guy's, uh, he, he might be somebody. I think he's got a shot. <laughs> I mean, He's geez. got a shot. Jeez. Uh, obviously, the other, the, the next... Big thing on the list is Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, second print. 
I think the heat as far as spec value has gone down on the the first print, but there's still a lot of people that want the book. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for it, now might be a good time. And that was, I'm assuming you read it. That was a fantastic book. I loved that book. It was so oh. great. Um, surprised because I had hated every other combo up to that point. Yeah. Um, none of the other ones worked for me at all. And in this one, I was I was rolling my eyes. I was I was cracking this one open just to see what they were going to try to do, and and uh, it just hooked me from the beginning. It was fantastic. Yep. Um, how did the shop order it? We ordered, <laughs> we ordered uh, two heavier than any of the other <laughs> double ups than the whatever they were called. Uh, any of the Looney Tunes tie-ins. We we ordered quite a bit more than we did anything Good. else. I want to say we ordered. 10 or 12 copies. I mean, they, they were gone. And I think we've got a handful of, of the second prints coming in just for those that still wanted it but didn't want to pay for the first printing price, you know, on the secondary market. And that cover um, looks different. I think it is, is I think it it's the same color. color. Yeah, maybe just a little different color purple on the Batman instead of yellow. Okay. But the it's definitely the Batman shadow with FUD and his gun. That's That's the same as the main cover. Yeah, that was for a, first print. What a breakout! Um, Going to be in the running for a uh, single issue of the year for me. Yeah, definitely. And, um, just really, really good stuff. It was a fun read. So if you haven't picked that up, it is a four ninety nine book. But in my opinion, compared to a lot of the other three ninety nine and four ninety nine stuff out there, yeah, very yeah. well worth it. Yeah, and there's a backup. Um, Yep. Uh, I didn't think that was as, <laughs> that, as strong. Oh, I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> just made, made me think of sitting at the kitchen table eating breakfast and just watching FUD. And, yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, I liked both, but definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was funny. Um, that Deathstroke B cover, it looks like a, an homage to, uh, was that Hamlet? A last yep. poor York type of uh, cover that's going on there it's really really nice yep and deathstroke's got some critical acclaim are you yeah i am not i'm not a reader um it's it doesn't do really well in our store we i think we have three or four subscribers for it but it's not uh it's definitely not one of our better yeah uh, mainstream books um going old school for the green arrow cover b we have a, a cover by mark grell who, yep. of course, did the Longbow Hunters, uh, a great run on on Green Arrow. Um, so that's kind of a cool cool cover B there to check out for the Green Arrow 28. Green Lantern is a Jessica Cruz variant. Noth- I think actually probably the, the cover A is a little bit cooler because of all the different lanterns on it, but... right. Yeah, your mileage may vary. Uh, the Yannick Paquette cover B for Justice League is um, it's like a playing card look to it. Oh, uh, really slick, really slick. I like it. But the cover A is also beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of one of those things too with DC. Is it's like they they've a lot of times they're giving you two really good covers to choose from and. Yeah, it's not easy. Like Nightwing, I I read Nightwing. Um, the Javi Fernandez cover A is great with the Huntress and uh, kind of looking down on Dick Grayson as he's got some some of her arrows in him. Then you go to the cover B 
and it's a completely different art style by Casey Jones, but it's like, yeah, ah, yeah, it's cool. It's very it's cool. really cool. Um, you know, it makes it makes you want to double up on them. It really does. He um, does. <laughs> do, now, do we know anything about these new gods special? Um, oh, this is so. Um, Walt Simonson, right? He's, he's Walt Simonson good and too. Shane Davis. Yeah. So they're. This is kind of all part of that Kirby 100 year. Oh, okay. Uh, birthday stuff. So this it's a new standalone um, story that also includes some tales of Lonar, the new of Lonar of New Genesis from Forever People's uh, issues four and seven, uh, both written and penciled by Jack Kirby. So it's kind of they're doing a little bit of a new story, but then throwing in some of the older content. Uh, just for for the Kirby uh, 100 year birthday celebration thing that's going on. So if you were a fan of the New Gods, uh, then this might be something you want to look at. I know that coming up in the next few weeks, I think they have a New Gods omnibus yeah. that has almost all that stuff in it, which I have one of those on order. So yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of uh, some of the some of the Kirby stuff intrigues me. I was I see I've seen the house ads. In the mm-hmm. back of some of the DC books, um, this isn't one of them, but uh, some of them looked kind of interesting. Because um, I've really been enjoying that commandy commandy challenge, yeah, and it makes me like, oh, I really kind of missed the boat on on commandy. Never, I've never read read any of those, so it might be something to check out in the future. Let's see. You you like any of the young animal line? I, uh, Mother Panic is the only one that I read, and I will admittedly say I'm probably two issues behind on reading it. Yeah. Um, but it, it just doesn't work for me. Clint, however, is a big fan of, um, Doom Patrol, and I think Shade. I think he likes Shade as well. I, uh, Shade's the only one I'm currently reading. I, um, I have to read, uh, Doom Patrol 7 for an upcoming weekly comic spotlight <laughs> contractually episode. obligated i am contractually obligated so that'll hop me back on for at least an issue to give it a sample and see sometimes it forces me to uh overcome my biases it's good <laughs> i'll get a couple of great superman covers uh pound for pound this has been the best book out of rebirth for me hmm. my favorite you know i'm i'm kind of off on on my own with a lot of folks, but one of the ones that I've enjoyed the most, obviously Detective Comics has been fantastic, but uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, I've actually really okay. enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, I, I'm a little frustrated with with Tom King on Batman. I feel like it's, it's ebbs and flows where he'll have two or three yeah. really great issues and then two or three that you're just kind of wondering why. Well, I think we're in a, we're in a, an up, we're I think on, we are too. Yeah, we're, we're on the upslope wing right now. Yep. I really enjoyed the Catwoman stuff and this jokes and riddles stuff I think is great. Yep, I agree. The stu- yeah, there was some there was a period before that where I I thought, hmm, maybe not. Know. Yeah. <laughs> this might not work. Right. Um, all right. IDW? Yeah. Let's see. I don't uh get a whole lot of IDW stuff. No. We have we have usually little to no success in IDW. Yeah. Uh, there is a new TMNT, which, um, Dimension as you X. were mentioning, that they they all sell. Yep. Uh, so what's this one about? This is something completely off the deep end for me. I, uh, I'm i not a TMNT reader. I remember watching the cartoons as a kid. 
but apparently this ties directly into the trial of Krang in the the main series. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it's an alternate dimension, alternate uh, universe okay. thing. If you if you you bought these in for free comic book day, this is a continuation of that. Yep. Okay. I, I don't think I picked this one up for free comic book day. So yeah, and then uh, coming out also this week is. Uh, TMNT 73, which is the Trial of Krang Part 1, so it ties in with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much nothing in IDW. Agreed. Let's let's move on to Image, um, where we have... Uh, you're not still reading East of West, are you? I'm not. I'm off of that one. There, yeah. was, there was a long break, and then I kind of faded away. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about Elsewhere. Because yep. I like Jay Faber, Copperhead I think is great, so I'm um, really looking to see what he does here with this this one. Um, this one is uh, a different artist. It's a Same Kesgen. Boy, that can't be how you pronounce her, that person's name, but whatever. Um, mysteriously transported to a strange world filled with flying beasts and alien civilizations. Amelia, who's Amelia Earhart. Desperately struggles to return home. Along the way, she forges alliances and makes enemies as she goes from aviator to freedom fighter in a rebellion against a merciless world, world warlord. Um, uh, there was some previews pages in the back of a couple image books, and uh, it worked for me. And it hooked me, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, this is one uh, that I'm also interested to read. I just hope that it doesn't mimic copperhead too much yeah with the the female yeah. being into a new world filled with different beasts and aliens and well that's just that's, yeah. that's greg Rucka's go-to well <laughs> <laughs> he's made a living off of that he has and a fairly healthy one at that <laughs> um, so maybe if there's I'm, room there, there could be for me if i'm getting this book i'm getting cover b i like cover b a little bit better cool the robinson cover uh, let's see. Are you looking at Ghost Station Zero Number One? Is that one that you've been intrigued well, in? Well, I really like the creative team. They did Fuse, mm-hmm. and I love Fuse. And Fuse is like on a break or maybe gone forever. I don't know. So this is how I get that creative team, um, a little taste of of them working together again. Problem is, I think this is a continuation of a book that I missed, the Babushka thing. Yeah, codename Babushka, and I feel like there was something before that, but yeah. I don't know. So I'm coming. I'd be coming in late to the party, um, but I really liked Fuse a lot, so I might at least sample this. And I, I will say the the cover A is a very striking image yeah. for someone like myself, who's a Brubaker Phillips fan. Yeah, um, you know, to see you get that sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I'm guessing no spec value on this long term, so um, it's just for the little love of reading. But there is a uh, Becky Cloonan B cover, so yep, it's pretty. Let's see, God Country Trade is coming out. That's more of just an awareness. If you missed the the single issues, it's the the I think that was the one that kind of put Donny Cates on the map. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. Samaritan Veritas, number three. It has a uh, cover B image of Tomorrow variant. Way back which, from April. Yeah, it's a little delayed. And uh, 
this has been good. I, I like Matt Hawkins a lot. I like, cause I really like the research that he puts into his books. So he does a lot of great back matter stuff and, um, kind of shows you his, his process and how he, uh, puts stuff into these books and what his thinking is and what it's based on. So that's always fun. Um, and this has been, this has been good. I don't like all his titles, but this and postal and tie, those, those were all really solid. And, uh, this, this is a spinoff of tithe. So if you enjoyed tithe, you'd like this. How about seven to attorney? Are you still on that? Um, I am, I'm trade waiting on that one. Yeah. Um, and I don't, is this, is Opinia off on art or is he still doing yep. art? No, he's off on this, uh, this arc. He had been doing covers, but, uh, I think James Heron did most of the art is, has been doing most of the art for the, uh, yeah. the current run. I, uh, I stopped reading. I got a little bored with it. And so I'm liquidating my covers get rid of my all my back stock on this I, I think it's going to fall fall off this is not I don't think this is is Remender's best work although it's pretty yeah I mean the story the first arc was really engaging but like you said I think part of that was due to the the art yeah. to kind of help make it make it go so um, super excited for Sex Criminals number 20 uh, ends the story arc finally feels like they're back on track schedule wise just in time for an end of story arc trade break um uh and of course there's a triple x cover by joe joe canonis yes always fun and those are those are fun to pick up and then take to cons and get the artist to sign them they're even uh, more fun to be the guy behind the guy that's taking the cover up to the artist who's making sure <laughs> the kids that are in the line next to him can't see the cover that's what's most fun about it also fun also fun <laughs> Uh, Stray Bullets looks like it. It it's a it's a different story arc. Have they always been doing these subtitled story arcs? This is one that we actually don't get into our shop. We don't have any subscribers for it. Um, and at issue twenty six, it's something that nobody's really yeah coming in it's, jumping on. So it's a violent book and twisted. So yeah, it it, it worked for crossed fans maybe. Um, and then there's Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, 170, this is not a new character, like is coming in 171, but right. um, still, don't miss it. Um, yeah, this is the beginning of Eugene's journey, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kyle and I, um, I think, order more Walking Dead than um, your average comic shop does. <laughs> I don't know why. We have a sickness. We have a sickness with Walking Dead because it was our gateway comic back into reading again. And we just, we love it so much. We triple up almost all the time, each of us. And then sometimes we quad and uh, I think for 171, we've got 10, 15 of them coming in between the two of us. And you go to shops and there's like two on the, on the rack. So I know we're doing more than, than a lot of, than a lot of shops are. <laughs> yeah, at, at this point in the run with Walking Dead, um, the likelihood of getting people jumping on single issues is pretty low, but trade sales are always happening. Uh, and then, of course... So you're not getting the housewife who... Because uh, it's a it's a crazy phenomenon that, that my middle-aged housewife Facebook friends from high school 
are are taking selfies with them reading Walking Dead trades by the pool. It amazes me how, that they that that it's crossed over, and I'm just wondering if when they get caught up, they don't go looking for the next issue. They, they nope. still continue to wait for trades. Yep, they just wait for the trades, and I think part of that's because, uh, and we do, we get that same that same. Uh, Middle-aged housewife, if that's what you want to... Yeah. I don't know if that's their official demographic uh, label. Soccer moms. But, you know, hey, a lot of soccer from... moms reading <laughs> Walking Dead trades. Yep, and, and we get them too. And I think a lot of it is because um, with the trades, and this is goes with anyone who finds something that is outside of their prescribed uh, you know, norm... With a lot of those folks, Walking Dead is something that somebody would look at them and go, oh, you don't, you're not watching that or you wouldn't read that. So I think they kind of have a little bit of pride of putting it on their bookshelf. And, you know, it's it's nice to put that line of 26 trades or 27 <laughs> trades on it. You <laughs> get that, that single issue and it just looks goofy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, it's, it's quite a line of trades at that point. And yeah, it kind of would go against the grain, wouldn't it? And be yep. kind of a point of pride. I never even thought of it that way, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, we get everyone from, you know, the, the people that you would normally see and expect to be picking up the issues, the hardcore comic fans. We have, um, I know the, well, he graduated this year, but the high school quarterback from the Oconomowoc football team would come down and get his uh, trade of The Walking Dead when it would come out. We've got the, the, the demographic that you mentioned. We have even older readers, someone that, you know, like the, the middle-aged Women isn't to me as obscure because I see some of the other things that they pick up when they're in the shop. Um, but what's really more obscure to me is the 60, 70 year old people that come in and wow. they'll say like, I heard about this. I'm going to pick it up. And they, they pick it up and they come back and get more. That's to me the more obscure one. Cause it, it wouldn't be something that I would necessarily think of. But however, at the age of 31, I'm not really in that mindset yet. So maybe in That's 50 fantastic. years, I will uh, have a different view of it. Oh my god, I would I'd love to witness that. That's awesome. Go grandma. That's right. I think that's it for um image then. Yeah, it's a, it's odd. It's a pretty thin a pretty thin week even though it's the first week of the month. I it must they must have be a lot of publishers that front loaded things for Comic-Con and uh are kind of out. Yep. For a little while, sometimes they do that. Could very well be. Let's see what's what's what kind of shenanigans is Marvel pulling? What kind of oh they've they've they have any six dollar books, seven dollar books? Um, they got no. I don't think they have anything. Re- uh, oh well, Vision Director's Cut three of six is seven dollars, but that's two issues in one. That's two so issues, so that's, that's you have I'll to give forgive them, them, I guess, for that. Yeah, I give them a pass on that. Uh, no, the the big thing probably coming out is uh, Generations Banner Hulk and Totally Awesome Hulk. That's that one's coming out. That's probably the biggest. I don't, thing. I don't these. I did look at the Hawkeyes, the two Hawkeyes with, and I kind of had a mild interest in that one, but I don't know that I'm interested in these combos. Yeah. What am I missing? Um, I'm not a huge Marvel reader, so I, I'm not the right person to tell you. I would say probably not a whole lot to me. Uh, it, to me, it just feels like a bridge between Secret Empire, which hasn't wrapped up yet, and Legacy, which hasn't started yet. Um, I don't, don't, so, I mean, this is, 
And this drives me nuts because we've got cha- a Champions crossover that's a su- Secret Empire. We're on what? Eight? Nine? Secret Empire? I think it's seven, I think, will be the next one. Oh, out. Jesus. So we've got months left on Secret Empire. And we're and we're already kind of front loading that next. They, they, they got to be doing this on purpose, because it can't just be an accident, event after an event after event. So it's a purposeful thing. Um. And it it makes no sense to me. Well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. And if you if if people that are listening to this listen to our Cowcast recap of C two E two. We were told at that time by Marvel that Secret Empire was their last event that they were doing for a while. They were going to let things cool down and let Secret Empire's ripples kind of take effect through the Marvel Universe. And it was about three weeks after that that all of a sudden everything else came flooding out that it was going to be way more. So I I, I don't know if... Um, I would say Generations with the with the legacy numbering and and everything that's kind of coming out of that it's a line wide deal. So that's right. an event, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think 53 books changing numbering and, and whatever 53 launches, I would say that that constitutes <laughs> that as an would, event. That would qualify. <laughs> they're, they're liars. I think for me, the, the bigger question and this goes just slightly off topic of the new releases is um, what, what is Marvel's, thought and game plan behind this have they caught on to a theory that i've had for a while where they're they started tailoring their books after their cinematic universe which was tailored after their books and so now they're in a circular loop and they get to a certain point where they're going to run out of ip because they've skipped about 80 percent of the stuff that comes before where they're at now in the cinematic universe that they're not going to have anything to go for and they've said crap we need to recenter and go forward i'm not sure but or or they've They've taken all their, like for Spider-Man Homecoming, they seem to have taken all the best parts of amazing, ultimate Miles Morales and come and, and just uh, put them together in a, in a movie and kind of shot everything. Of course, that's not, that's Sony, isn't it? Well, Sony slash Marvel, Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all some weird combination. Um, let's see. Other than that, though, Marvel, I think, is just kind of standard uh, standard fare. The Spider-Man Deadpool this month, I'm kind of with you guys where I, I usually jump off for a non-Kelly McGinnis issue. Spider-Man Deadpool 20 is a is a non-Kelly McGinnis issue. It's Joshua Corrin and Will Robson um, and has some adventures with Slapstick. So if you're a Slapstick fan, you may want to either tune into that or yeah. if you're like us, jump off. Now these two dollar um, true believers Kirby's yep look are kind of interesting to see uh, these older keys that you probably have on your wall at Cowabunga, but um, <laughs> I've never read them, so um, it'd be kind of cool to get some of these old stories and and give them a read for a buck. You can you know use them as a coaster and uh, roll them up like you used to when you used to read comics and uh, not worry about their long-term value and just read them for the story. Yep. Yeah. We've, uh, we've definitely, we definitely have both of these on our, on our wall right now, black Panther one and the captain America. It says captain America lives again, number one, but it's uh, reprinting the Avengers number four, which is when captain America joins the Avengers. Yeah. So 
Um, that's it. That's all I got for Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's really jumping out at me. As we uh, slide into the back half, um, Robotech jumps out. Uh, yeah. There's a little snafu with that. <laughs> didn't it come out? It was originally slated for last week, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a shipping issue, and I don't know if it was the publisher or if it w- or the uh, the printing company or if it was Diamond, but um, we got we got the B covers last week, and that was it. And so we kind of all asked the question of what should we be doing, and Titan said, "Hold off, the rest of the covers are coming the subsequent week. So if you could please not sell your B covers and just put them all out, that'd be great." So we did that naturally, and. Uh, I'm definitely picking this up, not because I'm hugely steeped in Robotech, but because Brian yep. Wood is writing it. Well, I already read uh, it, and the- uh, it was okay. Um, uh, did, did you you said you you like Brian Wood, but you never watched Robotech? I've not watched Robotech. I love Brian Wood, but right. the cover artist for the A cover, Torini. No, he's just the artist. The cover artist is Stanley Lau. You remember oh. who he is? <laughs> oh yeah, Art Germ. Yeah, big fan. Uh, yeah, that cover is uh is is so. I guess that's the thing too. A lot of folks may not know. So people know Art Germ for the covers that he does of usually um, superhero women pinup style. Yeah, but his main bread and butter is uh, more of the Japanese style of pinups, and because that's he's from the uh, East Asian area. So this, uh, the Robotech one cover that he's doing is much more uh, evocative of his traditional cover type with a more Asian influenced um, lead on it. So I, I think that it's a, it's just a great cover, very mm-hmm. evocative of his style. Uh, and he's a, he's a joy to to talk to. So if you are ever at a con where he's in artist alley Take the the trip to go over and talk to him. Just a really really nice guy. I will take my Robotech number one over to him and have him sign it. You should, because uh, it is a pretty it's a pretty cover. Um, but yeah, I, I got this uh, in an email from Titan themselves with a a release date of the twenty sixth of July, and uh, they would know when the book is coming out. <laughs> and it turns out, nope, it's going to be the next week. <laughs> gone it. That's it's just confusing when they do that stuff. And I think, I, wait a minute, I don't. You, you're probably on their press list too, didn't they? Send one that said Robotech sells through and sold out. Yeah, we get we get all that stuff. I I just don't have enough time to read all of the preview stuff that we get because we get we get it from all over and everywhere. Um, the ones that we wish we got the most are Marvel and DC, and we tend to get the least amount from them. So yeah, yeah, they don't uh, they don't tend to give uh, press folks much either. So, uh, but you guys should get a lot more than we do because <laughs> yeah. you're putting you're putting their product on your on your shelves. Yep. Oh man, I'm trying to look and see if anything's jumping out. Um, Dead of Winter was one that got a little bit of heat. Who was this? Uh, Kyle Starks. And art by Gabo. Okay. It's through Oni. Um, it's kind of their big thing. When we were at C2E2 for the Diamond Summit, this was the big thing that they were pushing. Um, it's apparently was a tabletop game that oh. is now becoming the comics. So they were expecting some crossover for that. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. Tabletop games to comics, um, uh, video games to comics. Um, what's the other combination? Uh, YouTube star to comics. Yes, yep. Some of those. Well, there's the new one too that was. Um, oh shoot, was it Light? Did a book that released last week or the week before that's based on a CD, an album, whatever they're calling kids are calling them these days. Yeah, that that's coming out. Yeah, Image did that uh, concept album of colson's that fraction did yep um, it was like a trade paperback concept album graphic novel ogn deal um that's weird who's reading that <laughs> i guess super fans of of jonathan colson maybe or or for fr- fraction or both i do love me some some jonathan colson just depends on what it is oh yeah um i'm a big like, fan of uh the Space Monkey. Code Monkey. Code Monkey, yeah, Code Monkey. Ikea. Yeah. Uh, the Shop Vac. You know, those are good ones. Yeah. yeah he, did, he did a funny zombie one, too. I can't remember what that one's called. But really, really good stuff. Uh, we got Grumpy Cat Garfield number ones coming out. Pass. <laughs> How about Galacticon number one from Albatross Funny Books? Yet another Eric Powell book. Uh since Hillbilly was super hot, he's put out, let's see, Namwolf, uh, Spook House, this Galacticon. I think there was one or two more. Um, a lot of IP launches under yep. Albatross. And I don't know if more is a good thing. I like the guy, and I really like Hillbilly a lot, but um, sometimes you're doing too much. Well, he started diversifying a little bit in who's doing the writing. So this is Eric Powell with Brendan Small. And and chances are... He's going to just be around for the first couple. I'm thinking one of two things is happening. Either Eric has the idea and is just kind of storyboarding it, and then Brendan is doing the actual scripting. Yeah. Or this is actually... This is a Brendan Small book, and they're attaching Eric Powell's name to it just for the notoriety uh, of his name and to help boost Albatross yeah. a little bit more. But either way, um, this could be a, a good spec pick because anything that comes out through Albatross, at least the first issue, seems to have heat the first week. Yeah. But then not come out for a while. <laughs> now, there's there's a big uh, book that both of us are kind of on is that J- Jazz Maynard. Um, I, yep. have, I have not read issue two yet, but I liked issue one a lot. I read issue two. Still loving it. Yeah. Good deal. And is and this, this is just a three issue, right? Three issue mini? Oh, is it? I thought. Maybe it's not. Maybe it, it got expanded, but I thought originally it was a mini series. You never know. They do that a lot. It's a magnetic press book, a really small publisher. And and I love the cover stock on it, too. It's real thick and yeah. it's a nice, nice, nicely put together book. And do you know anything about Raoul? The writer, I have never heard of him before. Nope, same. Okay. Let's see. A lot of jungle fantasies to choose from. Yeah, pick your should, poison. Should you be so inclined to get a nude cover, you can for $8. <laughs> um, Lark's Killer, number one, is coming out, which is uh, Bill Willingham's new book. So Bill Willingham from Fables. Small book, maybe a few people have heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is one that um, has gotten a lot of 
publicity push, I guess, is the yeah. way to put it. And it, we've had a number of people that have come in and asked to have it on their pull list. So if you are a Fables fan. More so than The Greatest Adventure? Yes. Book that he did? Yes. Why? What's I don't the, know. Is it the is it because this is more of an indie publisher and Dynamite's more of a licensed property bo- uh, publisher? I don't know if that's it or if um, subject matter maybe. I think it might be subject matter. Yeah, because that's what surprised me because that thing that thing landed with a thud. Yep. And I read that first issue and thought, what is this? Because it's nothing like Fables. <laughs> so maybe this right. is going to capture some of that magic, but. He also did an issue of Commandy Challenge, which was amazing. He's a, um, he's a so really really talented writer, and yeah, yeah. So I'll forgive him that misstep, and I'll go. I'll, I'll check out this Lark's killer killer for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly after that, we have Met Cadet U, which is coming out from Boom, and this is one of those ones where they were they extended us that returnability. So mm. uh, it's from Greg Pack. Okay. As the writer, so I mean, it's not like it's a it's an unknown, and it's basically the premise is uh, once a year, giant robots from outer space come to Earth and bond with young cadets from the elite Sky Corps Academy to defend the world from the terrifying aliens known as the Sharg. So uh, this is one that we were kind of, you know, on the fence of. We thought we would get a couple, and then when we found out it was a part of that uh, program, we ended up upping the order a little bit more. So. I would say if you've got this is one of those great all ages titles it looks like so if you're one of those folks that wants to um, maybe look for a new title to read with your kids or for your kids this might be a fun one if they like outer space and robots right that's cool Um, Spiritus is written by Tim Daniel with art by Michael Kennedy Uh, it's a vault comic book and vault comics book and uh Vault Comics have been putting out some cool stuff. Uh, we've been hearing good things about their cover stock um, and their grades from uh, the when they come back slab. They've been coming back as nine nines and above, so that's good. Um, some of the stories are really good and warrant being slabbed. <laughs> 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 and uh, so, uh, so check that out. Uh, it's uh, about a champion fighter convicted of murder. Uh, Kinju Dial faces automated confinement, the transfer of her consciousness into a state-programmed labor machine. But a ruthless... That sounds like me at work, actually. <laughs> but uh, a ruthless underworld boss diverts Kinju into a vessel unshackled from its rigid programming. Only Federal Marshal Ruben Rivelez stands between the armored warrior and Sanctuary. So that sounds kind of cool. I like that. Sounds like a fun concept. I'll definitely be sampling that one to check it out. Shortly after that one on the list is Sword Quest number two. Um, I don't. I'm not calling this out for anything other than the B cover is by a uh, an up and coming artist known as George Perez. Wow! And it's he's, a really cool cover. He's doing a B cover for an Atari comic. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. I, I totally missed that. I totally missed that. Um, you got any of those coming in? We do. We uh, we have Smart. a couple of them. We actually switched all of our cover A's over to cover B's on FOC. People um, people love George Perez. Well, if you look at the cover, it's just so cool. It's it's totally fits the the style of Sword Quest from 
way back in the day. It's great. I mean, all three covers are pretty good, but that Perez one, that was the one. So I'd like I'd like to see him. Um, I wish DC would give him a Legion of Superheroes book with uh, Wolfman. They get back together, and that'd probably make a lot of old time DC fans happy. Yeah, I think it would. I think, and I yeah. I'm not holding my breath, but no. <laughs> but I mean, I think uh, I don't know what, what they're waiting for. Um, fans seem to continue to clamor for Legion, a, a new Legion book. Um, and the, the, some of the stuff that they've run up the flagpole, I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. Are you a Turok fan? I am not a Turok fan. Uh, was it originally a Valiant book back in the day? I think it. Uh, I think it was. I'm also not a Turok fan, uh, but Dynamite has a new number one coming out, so that is out here. I'm trying to see, there's a ton of covers. Yeah, I don't. I I I'm pretty sure I bought some Valiant Turoks um, during the horrible '90s um, glut of yeah. wacky covers. So. I bet you they're still floating around here somewhere and worthless. So I'm, I'm going to steer steer clear of those as far as I can. Um, now comes to the time in our show where we pick our locks for spec uh, coming up Wednesday. What you just got to grab, um, pick up one or two because um, you want to make Mad Bank off of it. What 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 do you what would you say? Does anything jump out at you? Hmm. Oh, I had one in mind, and then we kept moving on, and I I lost it. Let's Is see. Is it Lark's here. Killer? No, it's not Lark's Killer. Um, I was leaning towards Lark's Killer. I think one of them for me is going to be elsewhere. Okay. Uh, Copperhead did take off pretty good and then kind of stalled out before it kicked up. So that's one. Uh, Shoot, what was the other one? All right, come on. Well, it was the... um, It was the... The Art Germ. Yeah. Yeah. The Robotech one Art Germ cover. Robotech, yeah, that, that was one. And then... Who was the, what was the cover that we were, that you were talking about? The, the Batman shadow. Oh yeah. The Matina. Oh, that was um on FOC. That, that was on FOC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other one that you've got is there's the Neil Adams Batman 28. Yeah. He's not yeah. doing a lot of cover work. He's not doing a lot of work right now. So that might be yeah. one to. And if, you, if you see him at a, at a con, that's going to cost you $50. So <laughs> better pick it up here. Yeah. Cheaper this way. Yeah, it's much cheaper this way. It will sign it, but it'll cost you 50 bucks. Yeah, I don't know as if there's any guaranteed slam dunks on this this week. Oh, they're never guaranteed. <laughs> oh, I feel like there's some that are a little more guaranteed than others. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try the I'm going to try the Larks and go with uh good hoping it's a it's good Willingham this time. And uh and I, I, I still think I stand by the Sex Criminals Triple X covers as being long-term holds and fun 
and worth worth taking to cons and then signature series having them slabbed and on your wall tough to explain to the kids as they grow up but uh fun stuff totally uh you got anything to plug eric uh what's going on that you want to you guys got a cow cast coming out pretty soon uh, we, I think we've got an episode that's going to be coming out this next week. Uh, we've gone through a couple of cycles of things. We had, um, we've done some work in the shop. So the next time you come, things will be different. We've, uh, gotten some new cases in. So we have, we brought in, bought a huge collection of gen one transformer stuff still in the box, uh, with all the correct pieces, no cutouts or anything like that. So we, we upgraded the presentation of those, so that necessitated a lot of other work in the shop, which meant we didn't have our spare time to record, so we are woefully behind. Um, but yeah, we plan on having another episode out uh, this next week, and other than that, uh, I would say, you know, folks that are in the area uh, within, you know, a half a day's drive or something like that, just keep an eye on our Facebook page. If you don't follow us already, it's just facebook.com slash and we've got um, Labor Day weekend. We are locking in a creator, it sounds like, to come in. So keep an eye out to see that. And then October 28th, we have our World's Smallest Comic Con. Um, and otherwise, we are open for business seven days a week with what we think is one of the best back issue walls that you're going to see, um, certainly in the southern part of Wisconsin. But uh, we, we feel like we can give most shops that are our size, a pretty good run for their money. Um, and we're, yeah, we're always, we're always open and available. And if people have requests, I know our, our friend Jason in Hawaii, um, actually shot us a note. He's got a couple of conventions coming up and he asked us if we had a few issues that he was looking for in the shop. And we had one of them that we were able to get out, send to him. So, you know, we do that as well. If anyone's looking for something, let us know. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Jason's a good guy. Um, Good, uh, good supporter of our show too, and um, yeah, uh, lover of comics. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, I appreciate you spending just a tidy two hours with me, Eric, and filling in for Kyle. Uh, let's. I'll just go ahead and make the offer right now. If you want to take his spot permanently, you got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he could just stay on permanent vacation, and we'll just do this every week. I like it. This was working out great. Um, Thank you for your time, and thank you guys for listening. Um, since Kyle's not here, I'll sign off with his. See ya!